Officially begin your presentation. Please state your name. My name is Nate Grenier. <laughs> the title of your session, uh, How to Become a Kingdom Entrepreneur, Growing the Kingdom Through Your Business, for the consistency of the recording. Okay, we're done. Okay, great. All right, my name is Nate. This is my wife, Sharon. Uh, we own and operate Coffee Connections. We'll kind of explain that a little bit from here, um, and I'll give you a little bit of my history. But before we begin, I do want to pray, and then we'll just we'll kind of go on with it. I've got some like little giveaways and prizes that we'll do, so get your Bible ready, your phone ready, because we will be doing sword drills. I was a kid's pastor, so just get ready for this. It's going to happen, and we'll just have fun, and we'll, we'll walk through this together. So let's just pray real quick. Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity that um, we get to share a little bit about what you've called us to do. And God, I just pray for every single person in this room that they would hear from you, that we would stand behind you, Lord, um, that the Holy Spirit would speak not just through us, uh, but into the hearts and the lives of all the people in this room and this conference. Lord God, we're here to get close to you, to worship you, to make other people understand who you are. And um, God, we hide behind you and we ask you to just do the work as we are just plugging away. Hopefully we're doing the best we can. In your name, amen. Amen. Okay, so I've got a couple giveaways. Um, when we get to these points, I'm going to, like I said, we'll have like some Bible store drill things. We'll have some fun, be some questions. So I've got a handful of books I need to get rid of. I've got a couple of coffee bags. We've got an espresso bar that my wife Sharon made. I've got a gift card. Um, and all of these giveaways, um, I also have my cards there and my cards there. I want you to take the cards. What I'd like to do is invite you to our shop to come and just see what's going on. We can, we can do a roasting thing together. We can talk about whatever you wanna talk about. Um, just wanna open that up to you just to kind of give you those ideas. Um, our background is not business. Our background is ministry. Um, I was a kid's, uh, got my uh, degree at Valley Forge, now the University of Valley Forge in kids ministry. My wife got an elementary ed degree from Valley Forge as well. So business is not our first understanding. Um, so it took us a long time to kind of get that and understand what that was. And so here is kind of a picture of our family. Yes, I'm outnumbered. <laughs> you can pray for me. But here's, our, here's our girls. They all start with A's. Annika, Eliza, Ariella, and Addie. How old was Addie when we started? 11 weeks. She was 11 weeks old when we started their business. <laughs> don't do that, okay? <laughs> don't do that. It's a lot of stress. We don't advise that at all. So like I said, we both have a ministry to background. Um, I have a master's degree from Val uh, um, Ashland Seminary up in Ashland, Ohio, so not too far from here. And we were kids pastors in Pennsylvania when God started shifting our thinking a little bit and kind of took us away from that. And we felt like he was asking us to start a business um, that was more coffee related, that was in the community. What's ironic is we hated coffee. We did not like coffee at all. And so we knew this was God because he was giving us a passion about something that I actually did not care about. And so we had to learn coffee. We had to learn the culture um, through a wonderful series of blessings. The Lord opened up an opportunity for us to come to Hilliard. And that's where we were. That's where we've been for the last seven, eight years, something like that. So we, so yeah, it's been a complete God thing. Originally, I started on this coffee cart right here that would push around the city, um, just praying that the Lord would introduce me to people and influencers and just serve coffee off it. It was a lot of work. No money came in at all. Spent a lot of time. Worked at the YMCA in town. Worked at Starbucks in town. She was doing, trying to uh, sub and all that fun stuff God provided until he opened up an opportunity for us to actually have a brick and mortar store, which is an absolute God thing. I don't, I want to share the story, but it's going to take too long. And then from there, um, yeah, God just kept opening things up, and then the pandemic happened, and 
God started whittling away at that tree of all the things we grew. And so we are completely in a season of regrowth right now where it's been interesting to watch. It's not been fun. It's been really hard the last couple of years, but we survived the pandemic because of the Lord and because of our community. And so what I'm going to present to you today is kind of what we have learned from this experience. So right off the bat, you're not going to get solid business advice about, well, you need to make sure you have this and make sure you have, mm -mm, okay. I'm going to give you what it looks like to actually, what this looks like for you personally, what this looks like for your family, or what are some things you need to have on your head and on your shoulders as you walk this thing through. Yes, you need an accountant. Yes, you need business advice. Yes, you need groups. You need that. But there's a whole other side of business that if you can get and understand ministry-wise, it's going to make complete sense for the kingdom. And you're going to be like, oh, this makes complete sense. So it just takes time. All right. Who would like to read that? Thank you. Go ahead. Thank you very much. Give her a hand. Thank you for volunteering. I'm going to give you this book. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. You're welcome. This verse came, uh, I was reading uh, through my Bible, and this verse popped up, and I was like, I had a couple of my friends really kind of dig in and dive into it, make sure it actually says what it actually says. There was no other meaning to it, and it's actually said what it actually says. This is really hard for me because I like to compare, especially in business world, you compare yourself. Well, I'm not growing. I'm failing. He's, we do in the church role all the time. Pastors do it all the time. Well, I don't have 100 people in my church. I must be failing as a pastor. I don't get to be on stage. I don't have all this money. I don't have, right? But right here we have, don't compare yourself. Look at your own work. Job well done. This is a culture shift that we are struggling with. We still don't have this yet. We still compare ourselves to other people. It's really, really hard because you want a measuring stick. You want to know if you're being successful or not. But what if God calls you to do something where there's no measuring stick? That's what we're trying to figure out. It's very hard. It's not easy at all. I can measure myself. As if I, I can talk to a business person, we're failing. I can talk to a church planner, we're failing. But if I look at all the things that are happening in my community and just seeing the basic stuff of the organic stuff that God's doing, God's getting the glory, it's growing. It's just not something we understand yet. So when you go through business, when you go through things like this, you really want to make sure that you're examining your own conduct. Am I doing it correctly? Am I doing it for the Lord or am I doing it for the approval of other people? That in and of itself is really where this passage is taking it for. So, so there's that. Okay, so Bible, Bible drill time. You ready? All right, so I've got, it's your options. I've got three different things. I've got a $25 gift card. I've got a bag of beans. I have a dark roast or a light roast that, that we've roasted ourselves. And I got an espresso bark, which is like chocolate with our coffee and that sort of thing. Um, we are in Hilliard. You can use the gift card online. Yeah, I was going to get there. So the gift card has, you can, um, they can buy stuff online, right, through Square. So you can go to our website. It's connections.coffee. So connections.coffee. There's no .com, no whatever. It's connections.coffee. And you can buy stuff. But what I want you to use this card for, there might be someone in your church or your community that might think about opening up a business or might think about doing a coffee thing or whatever because coffee is just prevalent around our community. You can say, here, I don't really like coffee, but here's this gift card. Why don't you get something from them just to hear their story? It's really helpful when you start making that connection. So... I'm going to go through these, and whoever, like, don't look them up right now. Have, have neutral point. Bible's closed, app's closed. You're going, okay, I know, because I know some of you are preparing. 
Whoever stands up and starts reading the first one, you get to choose which one you want, and then we so forth, we get through. So if you don't like coffee, if you don't care about the gift card, don't do anything, okay? All right, makes sense? All right, so I'm going to read off the verse, and then you are going to, um, you're going to stand up and tell me, first one that here, that's the one, first one I hear, that's the one who's going to get the prize, okay? Ready? Matthew 28, 19 through 20, Matthew 28, 19 through 20, go. Oh, say it louder. <laughs> say it, don't be. Got it, okay. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. There we go. Wonderful. Give her a hand. Wonderful job. Which one would you like? The gift card? The coffee? Coffee. Do you want a light or a dark roast? Dark? Okay. I'm going to get that turn. <laughs> there you go. All right. The next one is Hebrews 6, 12, 10 through 12. Hebrews 6, 10 through 12 and go. Remember, you have your... Go ahead. Go say it. For God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers as you still do. Our great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that what you hope for will come true. Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who once inherit God's promise because of their faith and endurance. Wonderful. Give him a hand. Thank you very much, sir. All right, last one. Back at Matthew, Matthew 28, 37 through 40. Matthew 28, 37 through 40, and go. Oh, snap. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Awesome. Thank you so much. Give her a hand. Thank you. And you got the last dark... So the reason why I put these on is one of the things you're going to notice as if you do your business or you're doing anything that's more kingdom focused is this question of your purpose, your calling. Um, when we stepped out of the church world, traditionally pastoring into the business world, we very much viewed it as like a church planner type concept. And the number one thing you hear from church planners, I'm called to this community or I'm called to preach the gospel, I'm right, all that stuff. I didn't hear business people saying, I'm called to serve this. I'm called to do this. It was more shame. Well, I make money. Ugh, money's a bad thing. It was more embarrassment. Well, I'm not called to be. There was this pedestal that we put pastors and church leaders on that business people, there was no pedestal, right? And so we had to wrestle with this question of like, I mean, we're still not good enough. We're not pastors. I mean, I can't speak into someone's life anymore. I now have to make money and do this business. This is all, all, this, all this weight, all of this junk that we held on our shoulders. God was wrecking through us saying like, no, you can still do things for me. You don't have to be a pastor to do it. As long as you view it through the kingdom mindset that you are a disciple, God called you to do something and you can do it regardless of being a pastor, being a business person, being a mother, it doesn't matter, being a father, someone who works on cars, someone that does nails, or it doesn't matter. You are a disciple maker. You're not, you don't need a piece of paper from a seminary saying you're called. No, no, you accepted Christ Jesus. The moment you did that, you are now called to now make disciples. That was brand new concept to us, which you're like, oh, Nate, come on. That's no, no, seriously, there's a lot of people that we meet on a regular basis, especially in the kids' ministry world, where they don't feel like they're good enough. 
because, well, I'm not the kids pastor. I'm not the pastor. I'm not on the board. I'm not good enough to preach the gospel. I can't even lead someone to Jesus. No, you accepted Christ as your savior. You are now called to go do that. So helping people rethink that has been really helpful. These verses, I have to come back often to remind myself of why I do what, what, what I do, why we do what we do. So they're good verses to learn and good verses to continue to focus on it. So one of our models or one of our vision statements, core beliefs, whatever you want to call it for the business, is creating opportunities for uh, people to see God differently. This is kind of a newer one that's come into, it's always been there, but it's a new one that's we've seen since the, since the pandemic. When the pandemic hurt, uh, started, everything shut down. Churches shut down, online was being more prevalent, our, our whole business, our entire indoor shut down just because of safety and concern and what the state was, was doing. And we had a lot of backlash for that. But our entire prayer was like, Lord, I want people to see you differently regardless of what's going on. Because right now I have a bunch of people that are not going to church because they finally got in a way not to go to church because they have an excuse not to go to church. Finally had an excuse. Those people are not coming to churches, they're coming to me because I'm providing a service to them. I want them to see God differently. I'm not gonna guilt trip them and say, oh, you need to go to church. All right, let's talk about why you're not going to church. Let's go to the core reason why you don't believe in God or why you don't think that's important. That's what your business gets to do because you're not presenting a church wall. So you have an opportunity to do that. And you don't have a business, you don't have to have a business to do that. You can do whatever, you can do this in your neighborhood. It's not hard, right? But this is what an opportunity you get to have when you're thinking about kingdom businesses. Any questions about that so far? No, okay. All right, second thing we've learned is the value of relationships. These relationships, these things have to be part of how you view things. Sorry, I'm kind of standing in the way. All right, so let's walk through this. God, obviously, duh, right? Tell you what, a lot of people move this number all the way down here. And we do it when th things don't happen the way we want to do it. The amount of time, if we, can just, if we could just share how many hours a week we talk about money and how we're going to pay ourselves or pay other people, you would pretty much imagine that money's up here and God's way down here based on our conversation. This is a normal thing. This is what happens, right? You're doing a whole fundraiser trying to get your thing up and running. Same thing. Money seems to be the thing, but you have to remember this is a God thing, especially if you're thinking about kingdom growth. Talking about talking, helping other people see who Jesus is differently, you need to get your marching orders from God. So this can take place in a couple ways. First, you want to make sure your relationship with God is, is growing, okay? This is not an afterthought. This is not a five-minute thing. Like, no, you need to spend time with God. When I left, when God called us away from being kids pastors and being business thing, I was no longer paid to pray and read my Bible. Okay? Make sense? I got paid to spend time with God, to read my Bible. Yep. Who's going to pay me now? I all of a sudden had to now, in, within a matter of months, got to feel what all my volunteers were feeling on a regular basis. And I realized how much pressure I was putting on my volunteers because I got to sit back and pray and create things and put more work on them thinking, oh, you guys got time. This is your calling, right? There's a lot of heads going around. Tell you what, this thing has showed me, okay, we need to think back to basics. What is the simple thing of helping people understand who God is? And then once I, we, had apply, we had to apply, we didn't, when we left Pennsylvania and came here, we had no church community. We had to find one. That's new for us. We're pastor's kids. We were highly connected everywhere we go. Ohio ministry, we, we were connected to them, but still we struggled. 
God, in a moment, switched everything around and helped us think through, what does it look like if I walked into a community brand spanking new and I knew nobody, how do they actually feel? I knew my relationship with God had to be solid and it had to grow with God. It had to do that. But also, I wanted to be connected to the corporate body of God. We need to figure that out. And God has led us through that in multiple different ways. Second is your family. Now, your family could be young. They could have been grown, whatever the deal is. But your family in the mission that's more focused on the kingdom, you have to model what that looks like for the people that you're serving. You have to. Because they're looking to you because their family's probably jacked up. They probably want their family to be better than they were before. And you have the opportunity to show the ups and the downs of what family is. Like, like Sharon said, our daughter was six weeks. She was 11 weeks old. She was three weeks old when we signed papers. Yeah. I don't recommend that. No. But the community in Hilliard watched us become parent again, for the fourth time in a row, and a girl on top of that. Mm-hmm. Fourth time in a row of what does it look like for a family that believes in God, is opening a business, and has no idea what they're doing. We didn't realize the weight of that until people kept asking us questions. Hey, how did you do this? How did you do this? How did you do this? It was a, it was a weight that we had to do. So your family's important. Families also kept us sane. The support of our family doing this crazy thing. It took my mom years to realize what we were doing was actually from God. And she's a pastor's wife. <laughs> okay? It, sometimes your family doesn't get it. Something like, you're crazy. They will, probably, more than likely, especially doing something very, very different. But if you can find those family members that believe in you, you anchor yourself to those people. Um, her grandmother, before she passed away, I love spending time with her because she would just tell stories of how God moved in her and her husband's life. Even though it was church-related, the same things that they struggled with when they were young, younger in, in ministry is what we were walking through in that moment. It was important to have those types of things. Next is your business or your job. Your business or job has, is, is key because if you own, how many of you like own a business or you run a business? All right, how many of you just have a job or you're not the, you don't, like you don't own it, you're just working, right? Okay, good. If you own a business, I understand your weight because you really want your business to succeed and you want the people that work for you to have a great work experience for them to grow personally as people and you want to provide for them because you, you have a heart to do that, right? That's, that's the goal. If you have a job, you just want money. That's all you care about. You're just there to pay the bills. In a kingdom mindset, when we think about relationships, this gets flipped on his head. You become the pastor to your staff. You have a job, you become the pastor to your boss and to all the workers around you. You flip it. Oh, I have to go to work again. This was hard for me when I worked at Starbucks because I went from a complete Christ-filled center community to a complete opposite. I had one person that was a Christian. And it was months before I realized it. my friend Austin, everyone else, oh my gosh, the things would come out of their mouth, the things they would, I'd be just like, I'd come home like, I can't. Like, I don't even, but I was convicted by the Lord I was, I was convicted by the Lord to be like, but these are the people that aren't, don't believe in me yet. So don't you dare turn around and walk out because you are now my representative to them. And I was like, I don't want that way. I don't even know how to lead someone to Jesus because I'm a good pastor and I work with kids. And I don't, I'm not a pastor. And God's like, no, I called you. So I had to learn to make relationships with people that didn't know Jesus. You know, it sounds really like, Nate, wow, you're really, no, trust me. Remember, my world was over here. Now all of a sudden, God crashed that world and I had to understand, well, how to, how to connect with somebody that didn't know Jesus. How do you actually love someone with not the end goal of them coming to Jesus? Can you do that? 
Because our hope is every pastor, every church, come to church, be saved. What if the Lord just wanted you to plant a seed and you'll never see that seed grow? We don't talk about that. We don't encourage that. That's not something we believe. But how do you do that? You as in working your job, you can redeem your job for the kingdom by just loving the people that you're there, by viewing yourself as a called person there. So that's important. That helped me, especially having my own business. We view ourselves as the pastors to our staff, not just because that's our calling, because we, I had to learn that the hard way and it helped us become natural, more comfortable who we are. Again, staff, you wanna make sure you have a great staff. This staff picture was taken months ago. She actually uh, left to go to um, France, Spain, Spain for uh, uh, final, her final last semester. Um, and so this is a great staff picture. Ever since we've opened the shop, we've had to transition a staff because it's a coffee shop, so the door is always revolving. It's so hard. These people have brought, most of them are still around now, but the people that left if I took a picture and showed you the staff we had before COVID and after COVID, very different groups of people. Very follow the stereotypical church plant stuff. The same people that help you plant the church are the same people that are gonna help you grow the church. Follow that same model. We didn't want it, we fought it, but that's how it worked. These people now are helping us sustain and grow this, what we have. The people before that brought us so much joy, so much help, but they also brought us a lot of pain a lot of suffering because we were still learning how and we're still learning to do this so your staff really becomes the people that you care about these are the people who spend time with you trust with your stuff next we're going outside your community what's going on in your community how is your community growing what are the needs in your community how can your business help the community um, one of the things that we did when we before we even had anything is we went to the our city and we asked how can we help you we saw that you guys have a tree lighting thing every summer or every christmas time and we would like to, um, we just want to help out. We saw someone doing hot chocolate. Can we do that? And or we can also serve coffee too if you want. We had no building, didn't even have the coffee bucket at the time. Our concept was so new. We just wanted to serve. And we're just sitting in that meeting in my brain. I'm like, I know they're going to ask for price. And I have that by price in my brain. And this one, she says, oh, we'll just do it for free. And I'm like, no, we're not. <laughs> right? They were floored. They were like, you don't want anything? It's like, no, no. They're like, well, you guys can serve our coffee. That conversation by saying, we'll do it for free. Remember, business-wise, I should be making money off of this. So Ministry-wise is, I'm going to serve you with nothing in return. That's a hard concept for business people. They don't, they don't get it. They're like, that's, why would you give away something for free? That's a waste of resources, and that's why. Mm -mm. Kingdom serve is on top. God provides. Don't have to worry about that. So God provided. Ever since there, we have always been close to our city because of that one conversation. So if you own a business or you're working in a business, you may not be able to provide what they need, but you might be having people that can provide what they need. So we have a lot of people like this guy right here, Gabe, love him. He works at a plant not too far from Hilliard, but the guy worked in a mechanic shop. He is very skillful what he does. So we'll have sometimes some people come into our place or even our own staff where they have car problems. He's like, just pay for the parts. I'll take care of it for you. That's and he came because of the shop. He didn't become because of, of, of whatever. He came to get coffee. His one church closed down. So he's like, well, you guys are closer. And he came. He's like, you guys are not doing church. I thought you guys would be in church. I'm like, no, it's different. They got plugged away. They're one of our closest friends. And he just serves. That's what I want. That's what I want my business to be like. I want people to come in, use their gifts to serve and do, and do the work. Next is global. It's outside of you. 
How can your business, how can what you do in your kingdom mindset really help advance? We do trips to El Salvador. We want to eventually take, um, we eventually want to take trips to different coffee regions um, to kind of connect with those missionaries. Like I want, I want to be able to go to these regions and different coffee growing worlds, connect with the missionary, find a local coffee farm that's in the area. My business is the money to help them support that. That missionary now has an into that coffee farm. So you have this triangle spiritual relationship going on. Do you know how hard that is? really it takes a lot of money i i have a missionary friend in guatemala and obviously we have one in el salvador and i have another one at um, a friend in honduras just a round trip ticket from there and back is a thousand dollars that's and that's just getting there it's a lot of money but if that's what god wants i want to go global i want to help other people i'm not expecting i'm not going to build the next giant starbucks no my goal is to help people come to know jesus that's my goal so if that means i just buy a little bit from somebody to help a missionary connect and add spiritual life more spiritual life into that relationship to me it's it's important so i have to trust that god's going to provide the money so you have to think outside of yourself a little bit when it comes to those things so obviously the next one of our core values for our business is serving obviously any questions about that at all? I just wanted to add, um, it's, this is like 10 years of work in a you know, 30 minute presentation. And so when you talked about the city, it's just developing the faithfulness of it, right? Our doors are open every day. They know where to find us. Um, the city had a scandal. <laughs> there was like a, someone that had been embezzling funds in the department. And when it came out, they called us and asked us to come and pray with their team wow. and bring coffee and yeah. to just sit with them. And that opportunity wouldn't come if we hadn't been faithfully serving. Right. Um, yeah. When the pandemic hit, we started writing notes of encouragement on the cups of coffee, and we've probably prayed with I don't a know, lot of people during that time. Dozens of our community members, and we don't necessarily see it beyond that, or we'll connect them with other people. But it's when when he talks about serving, it's that faithfulness, it's that showing up every day, and the measuring stick. It's again asking yourself every morning, Jesus, what am I doing today for you? Not defining it by my measure of success, but what is his measure of success? And that can be hard sometimes. It can be really hard. Yeah, we prayed for a lot of people um, and helped it. It was interesting during the pandemic, kind of showed us a little, something, a little window into the church mm -hmm. as it were. Just, we just had a lot of people come to our doors just wanting to pray. People that don't believe in God, people are still not following Jesus at this point. Some people that are or left, and to us, it's like, there's not a pastor. Every pastor in our little town of Hillier would love that opportunity. And I've opened my doors to every single one of them. And I said, come, I've got a spot for you to meet people in my community. I've, I'm in your corner. I want your building. It doesn't have to be a somebody's a God. It could be whatever. As long as we're all focusing on Jesus Christ as the Lord and the Savior, that to me is the only measuring stick. I don't care if you're spirit baptized. I don't care if you baptize the Son of God or Holy Spirit. I don't care. I don't care if you take communion every Sunday or once. It doesn't matter to me as long as you believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God and we follow these core beliefs. That's, that's all that matters. So come and be here. Meet people here. Sit. Do your work here. Ask questions. Serve along. I don't know how many churches are in Hilliard. <laughs> no pastor yet has taken me up on this offer. That tells me one thing. People are too thinking about themselves and their four walls that even if an opportunity comes their way, they're still blinded. So if God's not gonna allow those people to come, then guess who has to stand up and do it? We have to do it. So if your community, and you have an opportunity to do this and no one else is doing it, guess what? You're now doing it. You're now God's called person to make that happen. That can be really hard, especially when you don't think yourself 
as worth it or you have the credentials to make that happen. It's very, very hard. So another lesson we've learned is, re, is uh, redefining the why and the how. All right, so some questions. There are four things that continuously bear and worry you as a business owner. I have four of them. Who wants to take a stab at which one of these four I'm going to talk about? And you get one of these books. They're not mine. It's great. I'll explain why these books are. What would be one of the worries a business owner struggles with all the time? Losing a client. client? That is definitely one of those. Difficult situations. What else? Ooh, yeah, especially a good one. Now, if you're losing a bad one, praise the Lord, right? You're just like, thank God. You, you cost me money and agony and time like that when you're going. Anybody else? Bills. Money. Money. One more. Family time. Family time. Yep. Very good. Anybody else? Payroll. that comes down to money. Yep. Business failing is a worry. Yep. What else? Say what? Oh, the hype person staffing. Yep. That is a worry. All right, last one. Last one. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, I know. What else? One more. What's what's a constant worry for business owners? Huh? Yeah. Yep, yep. Supply, oh, supply chain is rough, man, especially in COVID, especially in COVID. So here are the common questions that we ask ourselves on an everyday basis. Questions that literally, literally keep us away from sleeping eight hours a day besides children, okay? Besides children. All right, if it's children, just know you're not asleep. If you got, praise the Lord, you got blessed. That has not been our case at all. Here are the, here are the worries that happen to us all the time. Money, staff transition, difficult situations in our priorities. Those are the four biggest ones for us that are questions we ask ourselves every day. God, where is the money going to come from? And why am I paying this person so much money when I'm doing more than they are ever doing? (laughs) Or here's here's the irony of business. Legally, you have to pay them. Legally, you don't have to pay yourself. Guess who works more? Now, you can take the whole route of where everyone's saying, make sure you pay yourself. Sure, pay yourself first. Then you don't have those employees to do the job, so you have no life. It's a catch-22, right? It's hard. You probably get that. It's very rough. What's the worth in your money going to pay someone to do this so you can sleep, so you can go to a soccer game, so you can go to church? That weight. Yes, yeah, exactly. All of that all of that really bears weight on, and that's going to be a common question. So you're like, why am I asking? That's normal. I hate it. I wish it wasn't, but that's, that's one of them. Another one is staff transition. We said that a lot, so I'm not going to move on for that one. That one's always a hard one, finding the right people or not. Difficult situations. Just share what happened, what, a couple weeks ago with all the negative reviews in one week. Oh. This was I weird. I I have a feeling that, you know, like how the COVID shifted the whole Burger King mentality of have it your way, it's gone. I think that the culture just revolted. All in one week. I'm going to open this door. It's really hot in here. There, that'll be better. Uh, coffee wasn't hot, which is really hard to believe. Um, also, the one was on shift because they said the, the lady who was there, who's old enough to know better, which would be me, you saw our staff picture. They're all young. <laughs> so they were clearly talking about me. They're like, she refused to say hi to me, which I don't think is possible. If you know me, like, <laughs> I talk a lot. 
Um, yes, so it she really does. Funny. Like, just all of them, <laughs> like, there wasn't any weight to it. Mm-hmm. But it, 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 we often say it's like a spiritual attack because mm-hmm. then I get super overwhelmed. Because words hurt, man. And you pour your life and your soul into this. And uh, yes, maybe your cup of coffee tasted bad. We're human. We make mistakes. But if you'd have said something, we'd have fixed it, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. it was like literally this onslaught of just negativity. And, and it, it, for a few days, and I was all worried about it. And then I was like, no, I'm just going to start praying over our customers again. And I encouraged our team, like, hey, just smile. And a couple of our, um, I, I know we, we say this a lot, but when I say approach it with an attitude of prayer, there's been twice in our last five years where a customer or someone has walked in and, and the Holy Spirit said, offer them a job, which is really scary to do, by the way. Um, and it did. And the one, the lightest one is Alex. And his dad is the newest pastor in town um, at the Church of Christ. They just moved in in the last six months. And it's been the coolest shift because he's a 20-year-old kid on fire for Jesus, and he didn't know that you could share your faith in a public workplace. And so it's been awesome because he's been able to yeah. pray with our customers, and that's what I encourage them to do. And and now all of a sudden we've been getting positive reviews again. This is going to take a big shot. Again, it's that mental shift, but it's yeah. I I can't control it, but I have to I have to let go of the control is really only an illusion, right? Jesus is in control anyway. Mm-hmm. And so if I relinquish that control every day, oh, well, it's hard. <laughs> um, but just continually asking Jesus to show me, to show me with his eyes. He provides the funds. He provides the people. Just not always when I yeah. Exactly. So you're going to have seasons like that. Another thing is you're going to have seasons of growth and pruning. This is not something we talk about in churches. We're going to talk about in business life. This is the gift card, right? $25 gift card of why we don't talk about these two things. Well, sorry, why we don't talk about, we talk about that because that's fun. Why don't we not talk about pruning? What? Do you want the $25 gift card? <laughs> and why do, why do we not share painful stories? Because it hurts. Well, it seems like a failure because they're cutting off something that you succeeded at. There you go. There you go. You don't want to talk about that stuff. It looks like a mistake or a failure. Yep, it does. And, that, and then business, they keep saying, well, it's, it's not personal, it's business. If you're a business owner, it's personal, <laughs> right? Yeah. It talks about who you are, yeah. talks about the culture you created, the people you have working for you, it's personal. So anything that happens, if a business fails, succeeds or whatever, oh, that's great. No, no, it really speaks volumes against us. This is something that I don't think we will ever be able to let go of. Either no, God gave it to us. It's our identity. It's what we're wrapped out. Oh, Nate, your identity's in Christ. <laughs> Sure, but you tell me when, I, when I'm not paying myself, how's my identity in Christ right now? That's hard. That's hard faith work. That's building up the faith, right? It's getting yourself more solid and confident in who God is, not what you see in your bank account. This is not easy stuff. That's really hard. You're going to have seasons of growth and pruning. Like I said in the beginning, we had, when we first opened, it was like, we, as one our friend of ours used to say, the snowball we created, push it down the hill. Now it's like ahead of us and we're trying to catch up to the snowball. That's, how, that's what happened. We were moving so quick, so fast. We had multiple locations opening up. We had people coming out of the woodwork. We want you this, we want you this, we want this. COVID happened. We got ahead of that snowball and that snowball dwindled down to a very small ball. All of a sudden we lost all of our employees. It was just me, it was just us and our coworkers, Jeff and Jen. Actually, Jeff works here at the network office doing IT stuff. He's actually got a, a sessions he's doing. So you can always ask from his perspective what he saw. Um, we, had, we, lo- we had closed down our location near OSU, which... It's a lot more fun to open a business than to close one. Just, yep, it hurt, right it hurt. Um, another location um, wasn't really happening. 
and a lot of transition was taking place. We had a lot of things that we thought, God, you're providing, God, you're providing, we're growing. I mean, we got pats on the back from every pastor, every church planner, all of these, we got like awards, plaques. So when I talk about pruning, I'm talking about God took a big old axe and he says, nope, <laughs> nope. And we're like, oh God, oh God. But as those branches started dying and we were very angry and very bitter for a very long time. And the people that I showed you in that picture, they, they literally helped us heal, mm. helped us heal. Because I'm so grateful that God cared about me and this vision that he gave us, that he would send us people that, that say, I see your value and I see what God's given you, but you don't see it. We would hear that all the time. Megan uh, King is someone who's volunteering here. She's one of those people. Um, another one was Jason, a, a good friend of ours. These two people God sent to our lives at the perfect time to help us heal because God gave us something beautiful and we can't see it because we're in the weeds. As a business owner, you're in the weeds. You don't see what's going on. But someone else on the outside, we'd be like, oh, your coffee connections, man. You guys do great stuff. I'm like, only if you could see. I feel like I'm an absolute failure right now. As far as the business world, I'm not doing good at all. And they're like, oh, no, you're doing great. Look at you. You're doing great stuff. I remember when you guys came to visit. That was one of those moments where I was down in the depths. Of, we were like hating why we were doing this, to completely discourage. But then you guys out of nowhere decided to drive down from Cleveland, right, to come visit me for like, what, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, because I was doing something. It was like the shortest vision. I felt horrible at that time. But in those moments, that was a reminder from God to me going like, I've still got you. Keep going forward. Those moments you need to have. And that helps when you're, ruining, when you're learning about pruning. Next one is just the pullback, which is basically the same thing, is just kind of pulling back from the beginning and asking yourself the question, why am I actually doing this? And why am I growing? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go for it. I'm going to come close to you so this thing picks you Just up. to be really quick for me, I'm a professional speaker. I, I teach uh, how to do speaking better, and I had about 50 speaking engagements, and every one of them got canceled for 2020 during COVID. So all of a sudden, I have nothing. There's no job. It's over because that's how I got paid. And I go to God. What are you doing? And what's really interesting is someone stepped up and gave me a consulting opportunity to do research and build a new client base for them. And I've been doing that for two years. It was not at all what I saw myself doing, right? And it's a complete departure from what I was doing. But then through those two years, God has completely changed my message that I speak about now. And I had no, I would have not had time to have done that. So I actually see a whole new vision that was never there before. So he pruned off everything, everything. Yeah. It was just gone in a short time. And yet he's replaced it while providing for me. Yep. Is that cool? I just love yep. God. Yeah. In the moment, you hated every moment of it. Question your everything. Why are you doing this? And here's the thing. If we take this same concept, we put this in church growth, the church planting or whatever, we don't celebrate people that are going through pruning seasons. We kind of like shut them away. Oh, we don't talk about this church anymore. We don't talk about this pastor anymore. We do that. That is the Christian culture. Why? Because we love celebrating growth. We don't. In, um, and write this down, and you can go back and, and read it, and you can do it. Matthew 13, just that whole chapter, but specifically verses 3 through 9 and 18 through 23. Does anybody know what Matthew 13, what Jesus is talking about? It's a parable, FYI. And we want to give a guess. Not the fruit, no. That'd be John. The, the sower. Here's the thing. 
The sower goes out, plants seeds. What happens to those seeds? Various things happen. What's the one you hear about all the time? The harvest. If, if we view the parable as it should be, God is the sower of the seed. So that means God sh- took his seed and threw it on the hard ground. No, that's not God. He would never do that. His, his thing is about growth. He threw a seed. What happened? It got into, it got into this unhealthy ground. It started growing. And all of a sudden, the, the weeds started taking over and killed the thing. Oh, that's not God. We don't believe that. What if God sent you to be the farmer of the ground that will never sprout anything? We don't celebrate people who are called to do that. We celebrate the growth because, again, the growth is good. It's happy. It's something to celebrate. We don't celebrate the people that are pruned, are being pruned. We don't celebrate the losses. We don't celebrate the learning experiences. So when you go through your moments of your business or your church or whatever it is, and growth feels great, but then you feel like you're going through a loss, guess what? That's part of the natural plan of what God has for you because he's growing something in you. And remember, it's not about you. It's about God. It's his kingdom. He's the one doing it. You just have to be faithful. And that's where the pullback comes into play because you're pulling yourself away from the limelight. It's not about you anymore. It's about God. It's about God now. That's kingdom growth. That's kingdom business entrepreneurship. So another one of our values. I'll wrap this up here shortly, I think. Um, When is this supposed to end? 11-something, right? What's the next session? Okay, we're good. Okay, cool. All right, so here's another. Loving our neighbors, serving our city. This was was our first and only mantra we had when we first started the shop. Loving our neighbors, serving our city. Because we wanted to have a thing that was... Christian, but not Jesus, because I didn't want people to be, you know, worded off by that. I wanted them to come to something that we can actually be genuine, and that's kind of what we did. You said that huh? You wanted things to be about Jesus. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, so here are four, here, uh, lesson number four, God gets the glory, and here's things that's going to happen to you as you walk through this, which I'm sure you personally have probably, <laughs> all of those make sense. First one is isolation. Again, we talk about the pruning thing. I guarantee you, as you walk this kingdom entrepreneurship, as you want to do something for God, you're going to feel so alone. You're going to feel like you're the only one. You know how many times we've, we've asked, we're the only one doing it. Well, you're like, oh, well, Mark Batterson did it over in Washington, D.C. Yeah, it's like seeing the Pope. I'm not going to see Mark Batterson. <laughs> there's no way he's going to spend time with me at all. Well, there's another guy up in Minnesota, Scott Waller. He's great. Okay, yeah, he's second in line. I can't, I can't just go, hey, Scott, you know, and that's not going to happen. There's no one else that's doing this. So you feel isolated. So, and because you feel naturally isolated, you feel worthless because you come to conferences like this and everyone's pastors or everyone's business owners. And you feel like, I'm not, I can't measure up. I can't measure up. Again, the kids' ministry world of that silo mentality really played really heavy to us because we already felt alone. That's where your family, that's where your relationship with God, that's where your community really comes into place and in having that. And we had a lot of people do that. Um, yeah, so leaning on Jesus so that way he gets the glory. Resting in that and walking humbly in the idea that God's got you regardless. And he's already sent you the people in your life to encourage you. You just need to lean on them just a little bit more. The next one, this one's hard. Your personal sins, your struggles that you deal with, I guarantee you right now, you can give me a high five, you can pay me, I don't care. They will come right to the forefront because here's the reason what's going on. For a long time, we have allowed 
our own personal stuff and our own personal junk to be hidden, the moment God calls you out into the field, guess who starts poking at it? Oh, well, I'm serving God in a church, so I'm good. I don't need to worry. Oh, you know what? I'm just making money in the business. It's not a big deal. Wait, I want to actually make disciples. Hey, go get them. Oh, he struggles with that. She struggles with that. Guess what? I want you to start attacking them on a a daily basis. You are walking in. Missionaries, she would understand. Going to a foreign field. First thing that hits you, you feel that spiritual depression. You feel all those sins welling up. You feel those past things that come up constantly over and over again. Why? Because you're taking ground for the kingdom. You may not have a church. You may not have anybody coming to Jesus because of you, but you're planting a seed. That seed has potential for growth. Because it has potential for growth, the enemy doesn't want that. So what is he going to do? He's going to first attack you personally and say, you suck. You are not good enough. You, oh, you're called from God. Guess what? You're not called from God because you keep messing up on this one area over and over and over and over and over. It's going to happen. It's, it's one of the most humbling and most frustrating experiences in the world. I don't know if this is what Paul means by having a thorn in his side, but I have a pretty good feel like this has got to be it. Getting close to that same thing where you don't feel like you're good enough to do it. If only this would be removed and then I could be more powerful for God. But this thing keeps you humble because you're constantly going back to forgiveness. You constantly, the moment of times where I've struggled with a personal sin and I've had people around me to help me through this and that sort of thing, I would fall my face before God and I would pray and I would seek God and God would just show up. Not a pastor, not a church, not a book. God himself would give me the peace to move forward. He would provide me a friend to talk to in that moment. He would provide me a word. Uh, it happened to me about a couple months ago. Same thing happened. Just went to God going like, God, I suck. I'm done. I can't do it all. The word that came to my mind immediately, you are a disappointment to everyone around you. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I closed two businesses. You're right. My entire life, I, I can't even be, and, and my prayer was like, Lord, I must be such a disappointment to you. That's why you called me away from the ministry because I'm not good enough to serve you in a church, so I have to be there. Just bawled my eyes out. And then the one word that came was, I love you. And I just, it was like so clear. It was not the word I was expecting. I was expecting shame and hit over and over and over again. I love you. I sat there and I'm like, no, God, no, you don't love me. There's no way I keep messing up. There's no way I'm not doing this right. I'm failing you over and over. I, I'm disqualified. I should disqualify myself. I should just stop doing what I'm doing. My grace is enough for you. No, God, that's not true. There's no way that's not true. Nay, I removed you from the legalism of this so I can show you my grace. I was like, stop crying. I was like, oh, God. What did I do? My personal sin brought it to the forefront so I can see God gets the glory in this story, not me. It's not about Nate. It's not about Sharon. It's not about Coffee Connections. It's about God. Your business, what you do to start a business or run a business or work in a business, you have that opportunity to get so close to God that he looks at your sin and points it out and shows your love. So the books that I handed you, can I see one of the books? Get this book, Gentle and Lowly. I had a very legalistic view of who Jesus was, yes. I read this book and I realized I'm wrong. This guy, I mean, I would read every chapter and at the end of the chapter, I would just weep and say, God, I, Jesus, I viewed you differently. He talks about how Jesus, he takes one of the most unsung scriptures. And it was a passage of scripture that I was praying. I'd be like, God, you keep saying, and I challenge Jesus. Like, Jesus, you said your burden was light. Wrong. 
Your burden's heavy. Your burden's impossible. Your burden's no way. You said if I came to you, then, then I, I should be free. I should be less. Wrong. You're not paying me enough. We're having fights at home. My mother-in-law's got COVID. You're distracting me from all these things. God, it's not right. It's not right. It's not right. And I read this book. The author literally talks about that. And there's a word in there. Jesus is gentle and lowly. Oh my goodness. I got done reading this book and I saw Jesus in a brand new way. That's exactly who he is. A Jesus who wants to be part of your life, wants to be part of your sin, not separated from it. A Jesus that wants to come into your mess and say, I'm not going anywhere. I still love you regardless of what you do because you're valuable to me. A Jesus that was so spelt out in so simple forms that I didn't really understand about Jesus being a tender friend. I thought Jesus was authoritarian who was giving me my marching orders and if I don't do it, I'm damned to hell. I mean, that's what businesses do. That's what pastors think. If I'm not growing my church, I'm not good enough for God. I'm leaving the ministry. You don't believe me? Look. <laughs> Happening all the time. We don't view Jesus as a tender friend who comes alongside you, puts his hand on his shoulders saying, I don't care if you're growing or you're pruning. I still love you. I still care about you. It's changed my view of how I do life significantly. So you're going to love this book. It's really good. Very easy to read and not to. Growth is success. This has been something that has been pushed in the business and church community for such a long time. And I want to say it's a lie. And here's the reason why I say it's a lie. You can grow, grow, grow and lose your identity. You can grow, grow, grow and lose your purpose. Growth is not success. Growth can be the opposite of success. You could lose so much. Um, there's a great book out there called Founders Mentality. If you want to read something about businesses getting on a trajectory that grows really fast and then they tank and they grow a little bit more, read this book. It talks about the finder's heart. When you plant something, when you start something, what are the original core values, the, the thought process, all of those things. He ta they talk about very clearly that these, like Home Depot, they were started going really quick, really, really high, and then it tanked. New CEO came in, tanked the entire thing. Instead of the Home Depot of having professionals walking you through the aisles and telling you what you need to do, it was just robots saying, well, buy this, buy this, buy this, right? New founder come in, new, new CEO came in, because Home Depot was almost leveled, almost gone. Guy comes in, goes back to the founder and, and finds what his mindset was and reinstituted, I'm gonna hire plumbers, I'm gonna hire electricians, I'm gonna hire carpenters, because I want them to give advice to the homeowner who's trying to figure out what the heck they're supposed to do with this piece and this piece. Next thing we know, Home Depot's back on a trajectory up again. Going back to that, growth doesn't mean success. Growth is good, it helps you give a good matrix, but what is that matrix when your matrix is the kingdom of God and it's different? And our American mindset really challenges this. Um, if you're not growing, then clearly you're dead. Or, or if you're in a pruning season, you clearly have something wrong. And while sometimes that might be true, um, shifting your mindset to one of Jesus and having his matrix, like who did I love today? Who did I serve today? How did I make a difference for eternity today? Um, it doesn't, the, the money in the bank account is what Americans say. I should have this, I should have the white picket fence, the, the dog and all the things. My kids should be able to be in 101 programs that cost a bajillion dollars. But like, no, they don't need that to have a great life. And so shifting your perspective against counter, counter culturally, living a kingdom mindset, one that's full of gratitude and 
shifting that to say, what what is success? This is success. Success is doing what Jesus told me to do today. Did I love God with everything I had? Did I love my neighbor with everything I had? Then that that is successful. Not to say you shouldn't have a budget and you shouldn't count the cost. And yes, absolutely, 100%. You need to be um, faithful with what you are given. But acknowledging what is an American mindset and what American part of your culture is helping you see what it is that you do is super crucial in understanding how to move your business to glorify God's kingdom. Yep. Thank you. Right now, we're walking through not a season of growth because I'm like, I could have multiple coffee shops. That sounds fun, but right now, that sounds like a nightmare right now. <laughs> Complete nightmare. Asked me a couple years ago, yes, I want more coffee shops, just like church planners. I want more churches. Nope. I've learned that is, I'm not handling, that's not who I am. I want to be sustainable. Yeah. I want to be a rock. I want to be a foundation in my community that people know if they need something, they come to Coffee Connections. That's what I want. Every shop that we open, if it's a business as far as coffee or if it's something completely different, I don't want to open it just for the fun of it. I want to open it because there's an actual purpose there for that person to be a rock. So that's why I very much view what we do as a missionary because that's what missionaries do. They go to a country, they go to a place, and they establish themselves. I'm going to be the person that meets the need of this community day in, day out. That's what a missionary does. If our churches thought that way, just imagine how different our culture would be. They don't think that way. Come to my church to get saved. No, what if they viewed their church open doors? Always drove me nuts that we have multi-million dollar buildings and we only open it, what, once or twice a week? That's why I love my coffee shop. We're open all the time. Even when we're closed, people still are using the shop on and off. Why? Because it's, it's God's. It needs to be used. It's not going to sit empty for my own. Good job, Nate. Right? The different thing. So, our last one, and this is the other one we do, is fresh roasted coffee all about the people. We want the coffee to be good. We want it to be the best it possibly can with the tools that we possibly have. But we want everything we do is all about that one person. That's the goal. That's what we want to do. And because of that, it's got to take us on different trips like around the world. This is my friend Daniel who's in El Salvador. Getting to meet him and his team and getting to know them a little bit more has been absolutely amazing. And it's been great. And it's allowed us to see completely different. Now, this guy is not an AG missionary, by the way. He runs a, uh, what's, a uh, what's the government thing? Oh, an NGO. An NGO. But he's got a heart to minister to meet people, to serve his people in El Salvador. When we talk, we understand it. I have to be legal to the business as far as the government is concerned, but I also have a heart to win people to Jesus. It helps when you start meeting God to surprise people for that. So that's a little bit about us. I'm supposed to leave time for answer questions and stuff like that. Do you guys have any questions, anything you want to share? Anything like, thank you for listening. Anybody have any questions or feedback? Yes, sir. How did you choose your location? Uh, that was God. Yeah, it was completely God. Yeah, so we went to, we actually went to go visit Mark Patterson's coffee shop, Ebenezer's down in D.C. with some friends. And we just, um, so it's a long story, but basically I contacted three different districts in the Assemblies of God, and Ohio was the only one that got back to me to actually meet with me. Everyone else just said, mm, nope. Because I had no idea. I had well, throw up on a page. Or they said, you know, have a conversation with so I had no idea what I was doing, but Ohio was the only one. They were like, oh, that's interesting. Let's talk about that. So I met this guy, Eric Schroeder, who no longer works for the network anymore. He's he a great, great, great guy. He was like, I know what you're doing. I see what you're doing. There's not a lot of written material. Now there's plenty written and people are actually following this whole missional idea, but it wasn't around when we were, when we were figuring it out. And we went down to, so we just got done meeting with him in Columbus. Go back, we had to move to her parents in Toledo. We decided let's go down to DC and meet it's them. It's super fun by the way to move in with 
No, it's not. No, it's not. Thankful, thankful, and the time is over. And, and we moved down to, we went down, sorry, and then we went down to uh, Columbia, uh, D.C., sat at the table. And first word she's asked was, where do you think you need to make this happen? I was like, well, here it is, stereotypical church plan. I don't know. I'm like, I should have, I should know what I want. I'm like, I don't know. We literally just got back from Columbus um, the, other, the other day. He said, we think, he goes, I think Hilliard would be a great community for this mission. And we loved the city when we drove through We drove through, like, oh, this could work. Like, not, not really think, oh, it's cute. It's a cute little Ohio town. No big deal. And we're like, we're not sure. We're I'm like, we just drove, we just drove from, yeah, Target was a key, apparently. Um, and um, we drove through it and told her, I was like, well, we just drove through this place called Hilliard, Hilliard, or I'm not sure what, what it is. And she's like, oh, yeah, Hilliard. She goes, yeah, my dad lived there for a little bit. I worked at Starbucks right up the road. The Hilliard would be a great community for that. Like, Sitting on Capitol Hill, she got Nate a job in uh, a Starbucks and Hilliard. So that to me was the God moment that should not have happened. So when you start taking steps for God and you're not sure what's going on, just wait for those moments to come. So. We call it actively patient. Um, it's horrible. <laughs> Write it down. It's so frustrating. Actively patient. Like every door that's opened and even if they've closed, Jesus has done that. And he'll confirm it with you, right? Make a list. Do the Gideon fleece thing. Like he will show you. Um, don't do it in your own strength because then it bites you in the butt. Yes. I just want to know real quick, how did you transition from the kids ministry, kids pastor to, like, how did you know it was time and how did you Okay, yeah, so that was um, <laughs> six months of fighting God, basically, uh-huh. is what I realized. Right yeah, six months of fighting God. Um, I, I had, the church was growing, the kids ministry was growing, I was really good at what I was doing, we had a lot of opportunities, but I was not at peace. Yeah. That peace I was looking for was not there anymore. And so she saw it. But she had no idea what it was. My friends saw it, but they had no idea what it was. And I woke up at 5 o'clock in the morning, which I did usually for six months in a row because I didn't have this peace. And I'm like, all right, God, let me give you my dream job. Let me just give this thing away. The moment I did that, that peace entered, and I knew I had to. It bawled my eyes out. And I knew in that moment, God closed the door on that full-time kids' ministry option. So people, would, so we go to our church and say, hey, we're going to leave. Yeah. Tell my lead pastor. Everyone's crying. Everyone's crying because it makes no sense. Yeah. Well, you're just going to go take another kids' pastor. No, that season's over for me. I knew it. I knew it. And it broke us because that was our identity. That was our calling. That was everything that we were supposed to do. And God had to reshape us. Oh, it was hard. But the people that we surrounded, here's a key. If you're going to do something for business, last thought, and I'll pray for you. And, and here's some cards if you guys want to take them. Love to meet with you. Create a prayer team. I know you guys do this with missionaries all the time. Create a prayer team. Who are the people in your life that are spiritual, that have your back, that can pray for you on a daily basis? We did this in the beginning. We had a lot of loose people. These people are still with us today, and they're not financially supporting us because we didn't ask that. We asked them just to pray for us on a daily basis. Now we are coming back to that pruning and that regrowth again. Guess what's the first thing God told us to do? Get your prayer thing again. Okay, God, you have something else. I don't know what it looks like, but you have something else. So I created a nice long, including new people. I took away some of the other people that weren't there anymore. And now they are praying for us on a regular basis. Ever since that's been happening, we've been noticing God doing things again and again it comes back to his glory that's kingdom growth so let me pray for you real quick and if you have any questions let's chat and please take one of my cards i'd love to meet with you encourage you lord thank you for this time together thank you for my friends in this room thank you that they have the opportunity to come and hear from you and from the experience that you've asked us to do i pray for their ministry i pray for their business i pray for their families that you would just guide them help them know they're not alone show them that you care and you provide for them and they're not crazy Um, God, thank you for the growth. Thank you for the pruning. Thank you for the encouragement. And God, I just pray that as we humbly submit our plans and our joys and our hearts to you, 
God, that we would see your kingdom grow and not our kingdom grow, that we would see your fruit grow and not our fruit grow. Because God, we're here on this earth not to grow our little idea of what success is. We're here to grow your kingdom that's unseen and we don't understand it until the time we get to see it. So God, I pray for all my friends to not just be actively patient, but to help them to be in your word all the time, to glean things from you, to grow from you, and to be faithful to what you called them to do. Your name, amen.